Hey guys, you're listening to Drunken Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And um, I don't know why I always say and we're back, because we're always back. We're always um, back. We're here. We're, we're here. Back. We're here for another episode. Um, before we get started, we um, I think it's my update. Yeah. I am currently re-binging... Um, Community. I was like, were you, are you forgetting what you already have No, no, watching? I'm watching Community. I did finish the entire season of Dash and Lily's, or just called Dash and Lily. Um, it's a holiday a TV series, like limited series um, by Netflix, a, based off of, or adapted from the book Dash and Lily's Book of Dares. It's the same writers that did Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Oh, interesting. I liked um, that movie. Yeah, it was a great movie. Um... So I, I actually read this book when I was younger, and like it's a young adult um, book. It's I would call like still like a young adult series, but it's a very like wholesome Christmassy series where like the two leads meet by um, essentially like a book in a bookshop, leading them to like talk through the book, and then they eventually meet. Um, very cute, um, kind of quirky. Has a great soundtrack. I was texting you about like all the indie mm-hmm. stuff they were playing. Mm-hmm. Great soundtrack. Um, I would say check it out if you like holiday stuff and like cutesy holiday fall in love movies. Um, but it's a series. Um, but if nothing else, listen for the soundtrack and for the random Nick Jonas cameo. Nick Jonas is in it? For like five seconds. Interesting. There's a random Nick Jonas cameo. Um, and it's worth it. Just for Nick Jonas. Uh, and Nick Jonas talking about how he got Priyanka in the movie. Nice. Ooh, that's nice. Um, but yeah, I thought I enjoyed it. So I, I think I binged it in like a night and a half. It's like 40 minute episodes and I was just like home alone. What are there, like what, 10 episodes? Uh, eight, I think. Oh, okay. That's not bad. It's manageable. Um, and it says it's like one season. So they're leaving it open for a second season. There is like a sequel book. Um, so they're probably leaving it open for an adapta- an adaptation of that, I assume. Um, but I would say check it out. It was something I enjoyed. Uh, again, very cutesy. Very enjoyable. Um, and that's all I've really been watching. Um, I do have a few things on my list that I hope to watch soon. Uh, so I'll report back with those next month if I get to them. Probably won't, though. Lots going on. Yeah. Lots going on. Um, so yeah. Lots going on. Um, by that, we mean uh, I am moving to San Francisco, Bay Area. Not actually San Francisco yet, but... I love how you have to designate, because you know we all hate those people. They're like, oh, I live in Chicago. Oh, where do you live? Neighborville. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An hour away. <laughs> um, I'll be living in the Bay Area for the first year while I'm out there. Um, probably, hopefully, we'll move to San Francisco at some point. Um, but with COVID, just going to stay in the Bay Area for now. Um, but I accepted a job out there, so we will be doing the podcast, um, virtually similar to how we did in the beginning of quarantine. Yep. Um, so this isn't going away. Hopefully it might sound better, because I'll actually have my own microphone to use, too. Yeah, you just gotta figure out, like, because I think on your side there's, like, sirens sometimes. Well, I live on a busy street. Yeah, Damn, that's what I'm Um, so yeah, we'll, instead of drinking all Chicago beer, we'll be drinking, like, California and Chicago beer. And yeah, some, we're like, gonna try and stuff. coordinate, you know, trying to send some stuff back and forth so that we can be drinking the same beer on some episodes, but obviously we'll get to learn more about the San Francisco area and the beer out there and the cool places to go. Yeah, so this will be a good thing. 
Um, but anyways, we have a fun episode for you guys today. Um, for beer, we're we're doing another double episode, like double beer episode. So we're trying um, two versions of the same beer, um, like back to back, and doing kind of a taste test. Yep. So today. We are going to be doing a uh, side-by-side comparison of two variants of the same beer. So, similarly to when we did our Yeti comparison a few weeks back. But today we're actually going to be drinking the original and a variant of um, Benthic from Half Acre, which just released uh, about two weeks ago. I think they did the official first release. Yep, they canned it on 1013. Um, and then the release, I think, was literally a week ago. You posted about it on our Instagram, yep, so maybe, like, exactly a week. Uh, uh, a I little think... bit, like, a, like eight days or nine days after this episode comes out. So you picked it up over the weekend, I think. Yeah, but they did the release earlier, but I just had a later pickup. Um, so we have the 2020 version of Benthic, which, for those of you unaware, Benthic is a bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout made with toasted coconut and coffee. And then the extra double benthic has extra coffee and extra coconut in it. Yep, it's uh, three times the amount of coconut and two times the amount of coffee. Yeah. So both of these are 13.7% ABV. Oof. And benthic has been coming out for several years with Half Acre. This is their, obviously, their barrel aging program. Um, Yeah, and these are really pretty cans. Stephanie posted a photo on our Instagram of um, the, like, stuff that, like, the cans and, like, the release. When she picked it up, um, yep. and these are just very pretty. They have like a very um, like deep sea feel with like the the artwork. So I had to look up what benthic stands, what benthic means, and benthic is a word, by the way. It's oh, not really? just a name. Did not know that. Benthic refers to the benthic zone of the ocean, which is like the sub bottom surface layer. Yeah, so it makes sense sea. why it's all like glow in the dark, deep sea. Yeah, like um. um Fish things. Yeah. Okay, so let's start with Benthic. Yes. Original. And we're only going to do like a little bit of each at first. At first, yeah. We just wanted to do a side-by-side tasting and then... But we'll keep drinking this throughout the episode. Ooh, that smells boozy. It is boozy. I know, it smells like it. What I really like about this is while you get the bourbon flavor, you get so much of the coconut and coffee, and it makes it so smooth. Um, So I know in the past I've always referred to, like, I've I've referred sometimes to, like, barrel-aged beers as having, like, a soy sauce flavor. An amino-y Yeah, I've realized now I think that's just more of an umami flavor. Yeah. That I associate with soy sauce and aminos. So I think it's got, like, an umami flavor, which is interesting because it's, like, an imperial style, so it's going to have sweet flavors with coconut and coffee, mm-hmm. but then it has, like, an umami background. Yeah, I think that's the combination of, like, bourbon and beer. Yeah, like, fermented bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a thick boy, but it has, like, a very, um, Cody Yeah, it's very texture. mouth Cody. It's almost like a, like the syrupy nature of what like bourbon barrel yeah. aged beers can sometimes get. Yeah, and like if you like roll it around in your glass, actually, it coats the side of your glass. Yeah, which is interesting. 
I do like this a lot, though. This is very good. Do you have three words you would say to describe this? I get a little bit of a cherry flavor, too, and I don't think it's from, like, anything other than the bourbon. Whatever kind of... Like, I don't whatever know what... wood the barrel is. I get yeah. kind of, like, a woody... Yeah. Like, like a... I don't know if it's cherry or, like, what it is, but it's, like, almost, like, the flavor of the actual barrel. Like which a I wood don't... type flavor? Yeah, which I've never really gotten before. Yeah. Um... I'm not going to, I think it gets a, a good bit of coffee in it. Like, I really taste the coffee. Yeah. Um, I taste the bourbon. Yep. And I want to say umami. I feel like that's such an interesting choice of words. I mean, I completely get what you're saying. I just think it's such like a Like savory almost. Yeah. Like, not necessarily umami, but like, like savory. savory. Yeah. I think that's a like good a savory note. Yeah. So I'm going to say roasty, because I don't get necessarily, like, coffee. straight up coffee. I get, like, the roasting. I think that's probably a better way it's, to say coffee tastes, than what I said. So I think that to me, and I know this is going to sound really weird, this tastes the way that I think coffee smells. Like, it doesn't taste like coffee to me, but it tastes like a roasty coffee smell. No, Even I know it's a that. flavor. It tastes like uh, when you walk into a coffee shop as it's like roasting beans. It yeah. tastes like how that tastes smells. like when you walk into the mothership. Right. It tastes yeah. like the way that smells. I get. <laughs> yeah. I hundred percent get that actually because like I just switched some water between the next one and the lingering flavor on my mouth is really just like coffee beans, but yeah. it's not so much like the taste of coffee as it is like the smell yeah. and like the essence of coffee. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm going to say that I'm going to say sweet because you get a good hint of the coconut sweetness. I don't know what my last one is. Booze. I say it. Yeah, I guess it is, it is very boozy. boozy. I'll go with that. Fuck it. Drink some water though. And like, tell me what like lingers in your mouth. Dark matter. <laughs> I don't think this is I don't dark even think matter. This is dark matter, but no, dark matter is big hugs. Right. I don't know what coffee they use in this, but like it was really interesting when I like drank some water real quick just to like clear my palate. That I had like a very like roasty coffee flavor in my mouth that I didn't recognize up front. Yeah, this one's got a darker color. I think it it's a it's a lot thicker. Yeah, it looks. I don't know thicker. why I stuttered through that, but it's a it's lot th- thicker. Th- thicker. It's because yeah. it's got so many C's thicker. Like, texturally, even looking at it, it looks quite a bit different. It does. And it looks like it coats even more. Like, the coating around the glass is darker. Coats your mouth a hell of a lot more. Ooh. Wow. Okay. So, I get a lot more of coconut up front. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't really get much coconut in the original, but I get a lot of coconut. Like, toasted coconut up front. And then... It's very interesting that they say toasted coconut because I feel like there's a difference between coconut and toasted coconut. Agreed. And in barrel-aged beers, or like not even barrel-aged beers, but in stouts, um, I don't often get like a toasted coconut, which is tends to be like a sweeter, um, like it goes with a roasted flavor a little bit better. Yep. Yeah. So like, I feel like you can taste the difference between a toasted coconut versus like a traditional just like coconut. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, toasted coconut definitely is a different flavor yeah wow it's also much sweeter yeah it's a lot more coconut to it yeah but i don't even know if it's sweeter because of the coconut i think it's just sweeter in general like i get more of like a it's more syrupy sweet i would agree with that 
Um, That's what I think adds to the thickness, too. Yeah. It's really interesting doing the side-by-side because it texturally, I think that's where the, it's much sweeter with yeah. this and the texture is so significantly different. I don't get the double coffee though. I don't, I don't get the double that. coffee, I think the but I think that's because of the three times coconut. Yeah. If they had done maybe three times coffee, two times coconut. I think that would have been an interesting one. That might've been a better mix. What do you, I went first, so what do you think? So I'm going to say... I'm almost going to say syrupy, because I think that's what it reminds yeah. me of a lot. Thick, and then coconut. Yeah, I would say syrupy, thick, and coconut as well, actually. Because um, I find it just interesting, because it tastes so different. I do, too. And I think that, actually, like if you were to mix a little bit of regular benthic in here, it would be fantastic. I don't think this is bad by any means. No, it's really good. It's really it's just good. very different. I think that it's it, it's going to be hard to get through a whole one. This is kind of one of the ones that you'd want like a six ounce or like a five ounce. Or a friend to split it with. Yeah. <laughs> and But if you were to drink like a whole can, you almost want to do what we did and like do with comparison and then like try to mix your like balance because I feel like yeah. it does add more coconut and it's really good, but I think it might be like really interesting to try and mix them and see how, what kind yeah. of flavors you can create. Cool. So with that being said, um, we do have a guest on, um, so we'll introduce the guest to you in a second um, in the episode. So whenever we have guests on the podcast, we like to have them introduce themselves. So you're going to say your name, your favorite beer, your favorite piece of pop culture, and an embarrassing or weird fact about yourself. Okay. Um, this is tough. Okay, so, well, first, my name is Brandon Saposnik. Um, my favorite beer, I have a hard time picking favorite anything, but I will say that I am drinking tonight one of my favorite beers, so I might be, like, answering your question ahead of time as well, but Mr. Shaky Strawberry, love that beer from Maplewood. Um... Favorite pop culture moment? I'm just, just, I don't know. I'm so into pop culture. <sighs> it doesn't have I, to be like a moment. No, I know. So like I, so thing, this is, like this favorite. is what I, I like about pop pop culture. I'm super into year end lists. Um, for oh, so are we <laughs> for like especially um, movies, TV, music, probably TV the most. But I love um, Metacritic compiles, like, critics lists every year, and I'm always, like, refreshing them every day and seeing what the top things are and how they compare to what I like. I do love Metacritic as a website, too. I find about, um, out about a lot of new album releases from them. That's always a really fun one because they have the coming soon yeah. list and the what's recently been released list. Yeah, or sometimes I'll, yeah, like, see something. I... Oh, go ahead, Lindsay. I was gonna say my boyfriend and I like always will check like the Metacritic review or the Metacritic score on things. So like recently, I told him to listen to "Vegetable Cutters" by Fiona Apple, and um, I was like, "Guess what? Pitchfork gave it." And he was like, "I don't know, like a nine point four or something." And I was like, "A 10. <laughs> yeah. And then he looked it up on Metacritic, and it was like a ninety eight. He was like, "Oh, I gotta listen to this now." Yeah. Yeah, and like sometimes I'll look at some of the high, highly rated stuff, and if it's someone I haven't heard of, I'll like at least give a couple clips a listen on iTunes or something and see if it sounds like something I'd be interested in. So 
So that's pop culture. And then weird fact. Um, well, this is, I mean, I don't know if it's weird, but I, <laughs> this is, I've used this for some, um, like, random fun facts before. I was an extra in the movie Divergent. <laughs> Didn't we just talk about this the other day? When we were talking about potential episode topics for next year, and we were talking about, like, young adult um, fiction that was, like, made into movies, and we started talking about <laughs> Divergent, and, like, your brother... No, uh, Steve's best friend was an extra in Divergent. Oh, really? That's so funny. <laughs> and, like, she I wonder meant, if we were an extra that. the same day. Um, cool. So, um, you kind of hinted at this next question, but we already did our beer for the episode. Um, so Brandon, what are you drinking? (laughs) I'm drinking Mr. Shaky Strawberry from Maplewood. (laughs) So tell us, I mean, obviously we know, but tell the people listening what kind of beer it is and what you think it takes, how, describe the flavor a little bit for us. And if there's anything like fun on the can, you can read it. Okay, so Mr. Shaky Strawberry is a milkshake IPA. Um, It's 7.5 ABV, and it's an ale brewed with strawberry, vanilla, and lactose from Maplewood Brewery in Chicago. And they have a whole Mr. Shaky series of milkshake IPAs with different fruits, um, which I love most of them, but strawberry is my favorite. Um... And in terms of what it tastes like, I mean, I think they really nailed it. So I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge IPA person in general. So I don't love when, when things are too overly hoppy, but I think this has a really nice balance of, you still get a bit of the hoppy flavor, but strawberry is definitely prominent. And then I, I just love the mouthfeel of it. I think coming from the lactose, like it's not so thick, like the smoothie sours that have been coming out. But it's, How many C's? Oh my gosh. But it's like just the right amount. How many C thick? Do you have to explain the C scale? <laughs> like you have to explain the C scale, Lindsay. Okay, so C scale is when you're saying the word thick, how many C's are at the end of it? A one is like water. Okay. Like normal thickness. Actually... A zero was with a K. Yeah, you spell so like, like water, the original spelling. Water is like thick with a K, where it's like normal thickness. Fair. It's like general. Five uh, C thick is like glass, where it's still kind of like liquid, but it's basically a solid. <laughs> like custard, think custard. It's like that's a, that's a five C thick, like a blizzard. Like a, yeah, like a blizzard. Thing. Like you hold it upside down yeah. and it's like thick. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. That's five C's. So where is it in there? Um, I feel like, uh, for example, like stouts typically fall in like the two to three. Uh, that double barrel is a three to four. Yeah. It is thick. Yeah. I feel like this is probably like a, like a two, two and a half, maybe. Like a solid two. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that sounds good. Um, like more of like a milkshake-y flavor and whatnot yeah i mean you definitely i I feel like the flavor is very balanced like you taste what the strawberry and vanilla i feel like you really get both of them and i mean one of my complaints with some beers that try to claim that they're fruity especially i feel like with ipas like the flavor doesn't come out as prominently for me but i feel like they really nail it 
on this. So. Okay, so we're going to make you pick three words to yes. describe the beer. Okay. Uh, so any three words. Okay. Creamy. Um, strawberry e. <laughs> <laughs> and well-rounded. Oh, that's, those are good. Those are all good. So the reason we invited Brandon to come join us today was because you actually have a really fun Instagram page, and I think you should tell people about it. I Well, thank you. Um, yeah, so I have a separate food Instagram page that I started last year called 312 Food Adventures. Give me a like or follow. Um, we'll drop and, all the information. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, in the description and on our own post. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, so I, I've i always been super interested in food and going to restaurants. And I was originally, like, posting some food on my regular account. And then I had some friends talk to me or tell me, like, oh, you should start a food Instagram. And I was like, I guess I probably should. And then I never really did. And then last year, finally, like, I think it was... April of last year or something. I don't remember what drove me to it, but I'm like, I'm going to start this food Instagram. I'm going to post like my food pictures there. So then, you know, if people were looking on my regular account and got sick of me posting about food, like they didn't need to see it. So it's been fun. I actually did that when I first had the shitty concert blog. So oh, yeah, people yeah. were like, you post so many concert photos. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just make another account. And then I made the Drunk and Uncultured account, so I was like, shit, now I'm running three Instagram pages. That's too much. Yeah. I'm sorry, everybody else. I mean, You're honestly, now. honestly, yeah. even too, like, it, it's kind of a lot of work, and sometimes I definitely get yeah. lazy about posting, because I'm, I'm definitely not posting about nearly as much of the food that I'm getting. I'm still taking the pictures on my phone, but then the effort to actually craft the post, it still takes some time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no kidding. <laughs> I found some like really interesting stuff from you, and we can talk about this. Is like I love following your food Instagram to see like there are all these pop ups I feel like I've never even heard of, and all of these like food experiences they're doing takeout right now in the city that I've never like never considered and never heard of at all. Um, and I think that's that's super cool. So if you want to talk about like how how you find these and, like, how you do the ordering process and whatnot. Like, I think that would be super interesting. Yeah, tell us about some fun ones you've been doing. Yeah. Because you've been doing a lot of really cool at-home experiences. Yeah, I, so, I like, I don't even know where to start because there's so much to talk about. But, I mean, I guess first I'll start maybe how I find out about things. Honestly, I found, find out about everything through social media. So, so I was... I, I think I was telling a couple friends this. I was like, if I didn't have Instagram, especially like in regards to food, like if I didn't have Instagram, I would definitely be saving so much money on food because <laughs> I would That's not know about, about any of these things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I follow like some different publications. So Eater Chicago is probably my biggest yep. go-to. And then Infatuation posts a lot of good stuff. Time Out. Um, those are like the main ones. And then also, um, on Facebook, Block Club Chicago, and then Block Club mm -hmm. has, oh, I love yeah, Block Club. and they have like the different neighborhood pages too. So like I follow the neighborhoods near me. 
Um, and that's how I find out about a lot of new restaurant openings. And then in terms of some of these pop-ups and stuff, it's really just following the restaurants you like, um, following the chefs of those restaurants as well. Like a lot. Yeah. So I felt like any place that I remotely like and, or have been to, or am interested in going to, I will follow their Instagram page. Um, cause the, that's always where they're posting, um, the most recent information where they're posting information about pop-ups they're doing about different meal specials and i'm like a sucker for mm-hmm. limited edition things so if they tell me like it's a weekend like oh, so are we all yeah so that like gets me all the time like bang bang pie like if they have a pie special going on i'm like always there um mm-hmm. and then yeah and then i've been finding out recently too like following the actual chefs or pastry chefs of the restaurants as well like a lot of times they're friends with other people in the industry and so they're posting about people that they're friends with and the cool things that they're doing so i found out about some of these more like micro bakery or like dm only pop-up type things through following them as well the dm only thing is wild yeah it it is so weird i really wish i had more like friends or people that i follow like you to find out about these because like we, or I ordered for both of us, um, from Yoke and White because of you and you like, what's great about what you do is that you're posting about like, for example, like Yoke and White and you posted what you got and like tagged them and it was like, this is, looks amazing. Like it's super easy to find because of you. Um, so I really wish like there were more people doing like what you do for things like DM only and like well, the really the- like underground. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing that's hard is a lot of the like big accounts are so advertising now where it's yeah. like, oh, they'll show a picture of food and then the next three photos are an ad for something completely unrelated. Yeah. So it's really hard to like kind of like sift through some of those things. And I feel like your stuff, I mean, yes, we're friends with you, so <laughs> it's very different, but it's your no, stuff just feels more like easily it's more accessible. authentic yeah. and I, I know that you're not being paid for like your review yeah so like it, it helps like to filter like obviously like, we're not gonna order out every meal but it helps to be like okay well these are the places that he's talked about and like these are the ones that sound super interesting and like it's easier to filter through and be like okay well like i really trust him and like he's yeah. talked about these places and they sound interesting to me so like i know that they're a go regardless yeah and i mean don't get me wrong like if someone wants to pay me to review things, like, I will gladly do that, but... Dude, same. <laughs> Don't say same. Don't say that. Yeah, but I mean, I, I definitely feel like what I try to do in general, and just, like, in terms of my interests, too, like, I try to post more about the things that I that are more local, like they're more independently owned or like only have one or two locations. Like I'm not posting that much about going to like a ton of Cheney type places. So. No, I mean, I, I love what you've been doing with like, like, like we mentioned, like the pop-ups and like the, the underground stuff. Cause like I wouldn't know about any of those if it weren't for you. And that's super helpful to like find out about these places that like, look amazing and wouldn't be able to experience without somebody telling us yeah well i just got on the five square food truck oh nice did you get it finally i did it's super good we got it steve and i got it two weeks ago i think think was it last week oh shit (laughs) oh time is Um, meaningless we're gonna get like we're getting the cinnamon donuts from yolk and white and like that was a super like easy experience like i just dm'd them he told me like hey 
I asked him like about the donuts that we were interested in because like they posted their yeah. menu online. Um, and then was like, hey, I want two of these. And he was like, okay, well, I only have availabilities these days. And it was very, very easy to yeah. do. Um, and I feel like people are really um, embracing the style of, like, what's going on right now. Yeah. And it's it's becoming very easy to do with, like, Venmo or PayPal and, um, like, Cash App and all of that. Yeah. And, like, it's super helpful knowing that, like, you've done it. So, like, you know you're not getting scammed. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, a random that guy in his backdrop. Back <laughs> back but, I mean, also, like, like a lot of the like, people that are doing the, these types of pop-ups are, like, people that have worked in the industry and, like, worked at restaurants. Like, I'm pretty sure – I haven't talked to him specifically about it, but, like, I I looked him up online as well. But I think he was, like, um, a pastry (laughs) chef at Band of Bohemia, which was a Michelin-starred restaurant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so it it has been really interesting and cool to see how different, like, individuals as well as restaurants have been kind of – adjusting through this COVID time and creating new pop-up things or, like, making more casual-type options. I've seen, like, a ton of different bagel pop-ups or even just, like, bagel Mm -hmm. shops pop-up. Like, you... I saw this, like, amazing bagel pop-up that you did, and if you want to talk about it, that would be great, but, like... And I can't remember what it was, but they like the locks that you got was fantastic looking, and I went on their Instagram. Oh, yeah. I, was like, I need to get from them. Yeah, I th- but I completely forgot. I think that was um, Miller Bagel, if I recall. Yes. And so yeah, yeah. so that was um, Baker Miller is like a, a bakery in Lincoln Square, and so they've been doing some various pop ups throughout the summer. They did that Miller Bagel. I think they've done that twice now and then they did for election night they did this fried chicken pop-up which i was too late to order on so i missed out on that but they said they're gonna do it again at some point so i'm gonna keep my eyes out but yeah it's been i mean like even and then also like even through yoke and white like i was talking with him about other things and he sent me a couple other pop-ups that like he knows that people are doing and so like tomorrow yeah tomorrow i'm picking up (laughs) i'm like picking up so many sweets but i'm picking up (laughs) (laughs) any claire from this um pastry chef from temporis which is another michelin star restaurant and she's also making like pastries now i think out of her apartment and she said she was in Noble Square, and I'm in Wicker Park, so or technically I'm in Noble Square, but I I figured it would be walking distance regardless. But then when I was um, DMing with her, she ends up living like four minute walk from my apartment, so it's just funny and like so easy to. Yeah, so you live right by us. Yeah, you live like I think I've walked from your apartment before. Yeah. Because like you're in like when we went to get beer. you're in like Ukrainian village rish right she's in ukraine i'm in ukraine and Lindsay's in winter. oh i forgot about that okay um but no that's super cool it's really cool that these like chefs are like sharing um other pop-ups that they know with you and i feel like that's like the key to finding some of these things yeah um and i think the other interesting thing is that like as like people that work in cbg yeah we're taught we're learning a lot more and seeing a lot more of like direct consumer markets Mm-hmm. And, like, this is more of, like, a right now during COVID, it's 100% a direct-to-consumer market. Yeah. Um, and that's, like, where people are thriving is, like, these are, instead of having to, like, pay for a an industrial space to cook at and, like, serve out of, um, we're seeing, like, a lot more people doing, like, mom-and-pop style 
Yeah, um, and a lot, and I direct to consumer, and like some other stuff people have been doing too, not just like the DM only pick up at their apartment type thing. Like there's also <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's also like more ghost kitchen type things too, yeah, where people yeah. might not have a restaurant space, but they have a kitchen they could rent out, and then you can pick up from there. So I've done um, a handful of different. Um, Things like that, so just naming some. Um, Wowzon, I don't, if that's how you pronounce it, W-A-W-Z-A-N, but they do, like, more Asian type, like, chicken sandwiches and, like, other things like that. And then, like, I picked up from a place a couple weeks ago that's newer called Bokuchan's, which is, like, a Japanese okay. curry house that Ooh, operates out of a so test good. kitchen. Yeah, and I think it's from the people that... Um, did Furious Spoon, the ramen place. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And then there's also people that, not a ghost kitchen, but they're operating out of, like, other restaurant kitchens. So, like, last night I picked up from a pop-up that runs every couple weeks called Sao Song, and they're, like, Lao-inspired food, and they have been doing a lot of their pop-ups out of this restaurant in West Loop called El Che, which is, like, a steakhouse, but they're, like, using their kitchen to prep the food, and, like, you pick it up there, but it's this pop-up. That's interesting. Um, And, like, I almost feel like the, like, the the food market, like, if you're, like, in the underground, is, like, (laughs) a lot more varied, like, varied. It's a lot more, um, like, mixed with, like, the different things they can get, and you're getting, like, a lot more, like, um, like special variety, like limited edition yeah. things. Yeah, or even just like different types of to cuisines too, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, even like um, speaking of markets, like some restaurants also kind of turn themselves into marketplaces too. Like Daisy's in Logan yeah. Square um, has like a market. Well, they have like... Yeah. Didn't you just share them on social media well, like, like yesterday or today? Daisy's and Logan Square is actually like working with some of our friends at Pilot Project. Oh, and, are they? And they're selling like Pilot Project beers on like Saturdays or something oh. like that. Like mm-hmm. Pilot's there selling their beer. Yeah. Um, and I feel like like COVID sucks and it sucks that like things are happening right now, but it's kind of cool to see how people are being so creative with like the cards that they've been dealt and finding ways to still like manage to find income. And I think that that's awesome of like yeah. these of these, like, you know, in entrepreneurs and super entrepreneurial to see, like, how well people are doing under these restrictions. And, like, even though it's still not, like, what we want, they're finding a way to make it work and do something creative still. And that's extremely respectable to me is that they're they're figuring it out. And, like, it's unfortunate what's happening, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely... One thing I think's been... Sorry, oh, I was just going to say I'm definitely... Like, just holding out hope that all of my favorite places survive the winter. Oh, um, for sure. Oh, I know. So. And like, I know. <laughs> the the bright side, the silver lining, is that like hopefully these pop ups do enough, do well enough that there is a space for them in like the market after this happens. Yeah, so, like, there is a space for like Laojian. Is that how you say I that? Think like something. for different like ethnicity foods, like different like fusion styles. Yeah. Um. Like, hopefully there's a space for them. Like, even doing these pop-ups, like, afterwards, hopefully there's still a space for them to do stuff like that, like like Ghost Kitchen. And one other quick thing on the pop-ups, too, is, um, yeah, it's been, I've been 
glad to see that some of these places too so for example like Paulton row is a food hall um in the mcdonald's building mm-hmm. in west loop and they yeah. um i did not know there was a food hall in the mcdonald's building yeah well now you know and so they had the like a lot of cool was broken down <laughs> <for that. laughs> R.I.P. Rock and Roll McDonald's. I, that, honestly, hall. that still is sad. I mean, not that I really went there that much, but it was. I felt like it was a landmark. <laughs> um, Sorry, you can continue about the Rock and Roll McDonald's <laughs> hall. The food, hall, the food the, hall in the McDonald's. Yeah. Sorry. No, well, well, all I was going to say is, um, so they announced, I forget when it was, like earlier, like late summer, early fall, they announced that they were um, shutting down, or at least shutting down for now. And so they had like, I don't know how many through COVID, but they've had like probably eight or nine stands there. So a couple of them were places that already had established locations elsewhere, but most of them were like pretty niche um, type places. Um, And I've seen like a lot of those places that kind of got shut out of their space there be able to still do pop-ups or like partner with other kitchens to be able to still operate so that's been nice to see that is really nice because otherwise i mean who knows what would happen with some of these places yeah so um do you have like can you give us like a top five favorite pop-ups experiences ghosts kitchen like whatever you've done yeah is there a top five like those kinds of things because i want i want to talk about at home experiences next okay so wait so we're talking just like more pop-up-y type things now top five no no pop-up ghost kitchen takeout like top five like things that you've done okay so it could be still takeout like normal places takeout yeah yeah okay yeah okay so i wrote down a list of different things so let's see Things that come to mind. You came more prepared than we did. <laughs> well, I'm like, well, especially for some of the places I really like, like I, I want to give them their proper shout outs and not totally forget. Oh, yeah, so, for sure. yeah. Um, I mean, definitely Yolk and White love, absolutely love the donuts. I mean, he just started. Well, I found out about it last month. I think he's been doing it since July, maybe. I could be making that up, but within the past like three four months but those donuts are incredible i also have loved lula cafe's farm dinners so every weekend they do a different um four course well it's technically like three courses and a focaccia um with a uh, flavored butter but they do a new menu every week um and it's super fresh ingredients i feel like it's reasonably priced for the amount of food you're getting um, and super delicious. And like they were a place that has always been well regarded and I had enjoyed my couple experiences there, but it was never like towards the top for me. But honestly, like since COVID, it's risen up pretty high. I've really loved their stuff. Um, what else? I really loved these daisies. Um, sandwiches so I mean they were normally a post like Italian pasta spot and only open for dinner and they started doing specialty sandwiches um, a couple months ago and I've had a few different ones that have all been really delicious Um, I mean my favorite restaurant 
of all time or in Chicago is Boca. And so I love anything they do. So they also started their own kind of side hustle as well called Gigi's Chicken Shop, which is what? Oh, I think Bonchi. Sorry. Oh, yeah, not the pizza. Not Bonchi. Um, <laughs> I mean, Bonchi's great. I haven't had that in a while, though. Um, but, yes. I live, like, around the corner from one and I've never had it. They closed, no, they they closed, closed it. The one on yeah. Damon closed. Yeah. yeah. It's closed now. But, but like, actually, so it was just announced a couple days ago, which I'm excited about, in, in Bonchi's place in Wicker on Damon, they're opening a second location of Polly G's, which is a pizza spot in Logan. <gasps> Stop! But, I went. Th- we went there. I love Polly But so this, their second location is focused, or is going to be focused like mainly on their New York style slices. So not like the. Dude, I fucking love that. Not like the Detroit style or whatever. I mean, unclear. Maybe no, they'll I, still be offering I only some ever of got that. The but New York style. What? I do love the Detroit style at a Polly. I, I only too. ever got the New York style. I can't get behind you, Detroit style, the Twa trials, the Twa style. <laughs> um, that's why I loved Five Square Food Truck. Yeah, it's that like thicker oh. Detroit style pizza. Okay, well, this well, it, I'm sad because they changed their style now. But there's a place in Bridgeport that opened called Pizza Fried Chicken Ice Cream. Very straight. F- oh, that was the place that's owned by uh, Edmar from Mars. It's like one of his restaurants. And Mar is like a conglomerate. Yeah, I know. I love I love Mars, but he's basically like yeah. Ed Mar just does everything. He has so much stuff. I love him. I and mean, good yeah. For him. So they they actually pizza fried chicken ice cream. Like it was started by maybe he's like has a part in it, but I know it was started by three people. I don't remember their names. I think he's one of the financial backers. Oh, okay, got it. Because he always talks like about lumpin something. Yeah, it's all part of the lumpin. Conglomerate. Yeah, I mean, I love all of their <laughs> the stuff. <lumping> so. <laughs> love it. But they were doing so. It was these three people. They were they had done a Instagram account called Eat Free Pizza that I had found out about um, last mm. year, and they were making pizzas. I think like out of their apartment too, and like every so often they would um, post on Instagram, and like the first they would have like. A couple pizzas to offer and the first people to dm them like got the pizza for free and so like i set my notifications on for their posts and like kept trying to get it and i never was able to get it for the time since i had found out about them and then they they opened this restaurant and so mm-hmm. they focused on like these big like thick sicilian style pizzas too um and I went a couple times earlier in the summer, and they were incredible. Um, so actually, that might have been one of my favorite spots, too. Um, but then they just, um, a few weeks ago, and I guess this was always in their plan, so they pivoted, and now they're doing more tavern-style pizza instead. So I have I not tried their new tavern-style. So that's my favorite I mean, I will say, like, again, I haven't tried their tavern style yet, but if you do like tavern style, I cannot, like, it's probably incredible, so I highly, highly recommend checking them out. Um, yeah, I'll I'll make sure to get them before I go. So, let's see, I think I said, like, three of my favorite places, maybe? So, or three favorite, like, takeout things? 
I mean, there's so many good takeout experiences, and I might want to, like, say some of my other favorite restaurants later, but um, a really great experience I had was Mott Street, which is, like, right down the street from me. They were doing family... Yeah, Mott Street's Mm -hmm. right over here. Yeah. Yeah, so they were doing family meals at one point earlier in quarantine. Now they're not... Do, or they're not doing them at the moment, but they might start again now that things are shutting down. Um, right. But I got it for Mother's Day and, like, brought it home to the suburbs. Oh, that's so sweet. It was so, <laughs> so, so good. It was, like, this salmon, like, this salmon that was wrapped in, like, banana leaf with, like, grapefruit and, like, curry. And I, it was just so good. Um, that sounds super good. And then, okay, I have I to pick banana one more. Let's see. Well, for now. For we'll now. let you go yeah. through some more later. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess the Alinea 15th anniversary um, menu was really cool. Um, just because, and I I could talk through, like, a couple other experiences I've done with this, but I, I, it was fun to kind of get to plate my own food and like make it really nice and try to replicate what it might look like if you were at the restaurant um and and the food was also delicious and so and very reasonably priced for the quantity of food that they were giving out especially for a three michelin star restaurant so yeah that was cool that's something i want to do before i leave chicago is like do the I don't know if they're doing it right now. The to-go? So, Al- is Alinea still doing their to-go stuff? Alinea still has to-go stuff, but they don't have, at least at the moment, they don't have, like, a, a like six-course meal, like, fancy-fancy yeah. like this. Like, they have, I think right now they have a beef Wellington option, which they had at the beginning of quarantine. They have, like, a salmon curry type thing. Each of those comes with, like, a side and a dessert and stuff, and you still have to do some prep. And then they have, I think, some, like, sushi stuff, too. Um, Got it. Um, I've seen some, like... I I do want to do that at some point. Maybe, like, when we come back. When I come back, I'll, like, make a reservation or something. Or, obviously, before, (laughs) but, like, for if I come back. Um... But I've seen some, like, really interesting, like, omakase options. So, like, Kaizen, um, like, one of my favorite omakase sushi places mm-hmm. has, like, a to-go mm-hmm. Kaizen, uh, to-go omakase now. So, like, you have, like, the multi-course, um, like, sushi. Um, so, I you mentioned you have a few things that yeah, you want to talk well, about, like, the to-go experience. Is so, it, like, beer-related? Or, like, you've done a lot of of the Forbidden Root. Um, yeah, like, that's, that things. was what I wanted to talk about. So, we... Man, we started doing it like right in the beginning of quarantine. Me and Steve. Yeah, yeah. 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 Not not this week. Yeah, no, me and Steve. Not this week. Um, Because Steve has been really into it. You were also in Michigan most of the time. Didn't invite me. Um, So Steve found out about it and somehow ended up on their mailing list specifically for this. And Forbidden Root has been doing. It used to be Thursdays. Now they've moved it to Sundays since they've, like, reshut back down, you know, for yeah. the most part, since they were so much indoor dining. It's five courses uh, for two people, and you get five beers per person. Five full beers. Five full beers. Yeah. It's like ten beer, ten full beers it's, total. Yeah, it's ten beers and enough food for, obviously, five courses, two people. 
It is. It's like eighty bucks. It is bananas. Total. Total. I definitely so think beers, I've seen that, but I yeah I haven't pulled the trigger. Ten on beers it. total from Forbidden Roots, like sixty dollars. Yeah, exactly. Not, I mean, I'm exaggerating, but it's probably like $30, $40. Well, we did it, we've done it the last two weeks, so... Do they do it every week? This last Sun, Steve just keeps ordering it. <laughs> well, what's cool about Forbidden Root is that they're very, like, um... The menu changes every week. Yeah, they're week, very, like, farmer's market. Yeah, every I guess, week guess I didn't realize week. they were doing it, like, every week. I thought maybe it was more like a monthly thing or something. So at first, uh, it was at the beginning of quarantine, they were doing it, and then they kind of stopped, and they've restarted it. Okay. But we love doing it. Like, so we did it the last two weeks, and this past week, they did like a duck leg, and they with what? Like confit? No, a actual duck leg. No, no, confit is like the way you cook it. No, it was not cooked like that. Because Steve would not have gotten it if it was. If it was confit? Yeah, he won't eat it that way. Why won't he? I don't know. (laughs) Confit is the best way to eat duck leg. I don't know. Steve's a fucking psychopath. I know, but. They gave, like, um, it was a balsamic and apple mm, burrata mm, was one of the ooh, courses. I love a good burrata. And then they did, like, a, a cheese. They did, like, a peppercorn soup that was really mm, good. I so love soup. I love soup. So this is something I make fun of Stephanie for, but she, it's, like, a very Midwestern thing to love soup, and I, I feel like it's a very Midwestern thing. Like soup is good. I, I, I get that. I mean, it's, I get that. But, like, soup as a meal is, I feel like, very Midwestern. Like, I very rarely eat soup as a meal. And if it is, it's, like, heavy on, like, Italian sausage, heavy on, like, vegetables inside like of That's it. That's fair. Like, I hate chili. You hate chili? I will say, I, hate chili. I mean, I didn't, I don't have soup for a meal that much either. But I did actually just have soup a couple days ago for lunch, which I wasn't planning on. But then, of course, like count. I said before soup with lunch Instagram, I was dinner. looking. But I have soup for lunch and dinner. <laughs> you eat soup like six meals out of the week. I know. It's a very Midwestern thing. <laughs> have you, but Brandon, have you done any? So I know you did the Alinea, some of the Alinea stuff where you had to like or at least you put the effort into plating it yeah. and making it nice. Steve and I just shovel the food in our face. <laughs> Did you be a linea too? No, I'm like we oh, do forbidden root. The... Like we don't plate it. We yeah. just got Well, yeah, but also but also like forbidden root, I'm assuming it came pre-prepared, right? Like That's fair. Like a linea yeah. the so, whole point was some of the instru- like you had to do some of the prep. Like you had to bake some stuff in the oven for a little bit and like cook something on the stove and like actually I, do I some. kind of like that. Though. I do too. Cuz like it, there's an aspect that's like a an interactive aspect of it and like I love cooking. So like a lot of the reason I haven't eaten out a ton is cuz I've taken this opportunity to like really explore like how to learn different like cooking techniques and, like, learning how to make different dishes and, like, trying out different cuisines. Um, so I, I like that aspect of, like, being able to do this, like, Michelin star, but also, like, getting the interactive a- element of still doing some of it yourself. Because, like, I love cooking, so I, I that's what's kind of stopped me from doing a lot of, like, the to-go things is because I want to cook. I want to cook. Yeah. And because I like being in the kitchen and, like, cooking stuff. I mean... Um, so I like that, like, Alinea has that... Yeah, and so I – well, I think it's cool for a couple different reasons. I mean, first of all, like, for as much as I love food, I w- wish I loved to cook a little more. Like, I, I don't mind it, and I still do it sometimes, but I just like enjoying, like, other people's food too. But, I mean, I think it's it's cool, A, f- from, like, the fact that you still feel like you're – you have a hand in the process, and it's a new, like, 
added experiential piece. Um, but also, like, it also just makes the food fresher, too, and it doesn't feel like you just picked it up to go. Because sometimes, you know, in transit, That's the true. food can get cold or whatever, or, like, the texture could like be off a little bit. Whatever, Whereas, yeah. like, if you're doing that prep, you're getting it as if, like, you were getting it from a freshly cooked ki- cooked kitchen. So um, I think that is a cool aspect, too. How have you felt about that aspect of cooking it? So, like, have the directions been clear? Um, has it been um, – I don't have to phrase this, like, super well, but, like, obviously with Alinea, it's a lot of, like, gastro and, like, um, different, like – cooking techniques has it been pretty easy to do in your home with like regular amounts of um technology in there yeah i mean in general i think the instructions for all the things that i've prepped have been pretty clear um and i mean a lot of it like isn't again it's not super intense it's really only involving like your microwave or sticking something in the oven or like heating something on the stove. And then it's like telling you, um, and and then like for the fancier ones, like a linea. And then I also did one from schwa, which was incredible. Um, which is right down the street. I'm sure that would have been really good. Uh, Okay. It was so good. And so we'll get back to the plating stuff. But one thing I really thought was cool about the schwa one as well that I just did a couple weeks ago is, so I've never eaten at the restaurant before. I've heard great things. I just haven't been there yet for their tasting menu. Um, but they did, they're doing a six-course to-go tasting menu as well. Um, not every week, but right now they're doing it. Um, and I, I, I had heard from people that have been there and also just from hearing about the restaurant that they – one thing they're known for is, like, playing hip-hop music and stuff at the restaurant like when you're there <laughs> nice. and so what they did for the tasting experience is they made a playlist and sent you the playlist so you could put on the music while you're eating it at home which i felt like was a really nice touch and like added to that experiential piece and like making you feel like you're still at the restaurant no i love that because i feel like i've heard from people that have gone to alinea that like the music is part of the experience where, like, they're playing music and it, like, fits in with the mood. So I think that's awesome that, like, they have done, like, a little bit of music into it as So well. with the schwa one, like, any good hip-hop recommendations you got that you picked up on? <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I am all for giving music recommendations, but I will say that hip-hop is not my strong suit. But, I mean... Really? No. <laughs> But I mean, like, honestly, I, I, I definitely was vibing with <laughs> with the um, music that was playing when I was eating. I couldn't tell you, like, who was singing it or which songs they were. But I like there wasn't any that I was like, oh, why am I listening to this? Like, I thought it was well curated. It. That's fair. <laughs> okay. That's fun. I love a good, well curated playlist. So um, bring it to beer. Have you um, experienced, like, have you done any, like, cool beer experiences or, like, tried anything new or anything cool um, during quarantine? So, in terms of, like, beer experiences, I don't, like, I haven't actually 
I haven't gone to me- well. First of all, I really wasn't going. Well, out. not any like places. Like, have you brought anything cool? Like anything that you found online that you thought was like really interesting sounding online, or um, like have you had anything like cool that you like took home? Yeah, let's see. Out. Well, okay. So first of all, one thing I've so I used to really never drink that much in my apartment at all. Like I always preferred going out to breweries and. Like, going to tap rooms. Same. I love getting, like, flights and trying a ton of different things. Um, and yeah. so quarantine was definitely different. And so I've been drinking a lot more in my apartment than I had in the past. Um, and also, like, I got super into um, going to Beer Miscuous to pick up beer. We're Beer Temple ladies, but we get the appeal. Well, yeah. Because yeah. I yeah. just... I l- I've been to Beer Miscuous, but we... We love beer. Temple. Yeah, we just go to Beer Temple to go mess with the people that work there. <laughs> we love Ryan. Shout out to Ryan, who doesn't listen to this. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, but Beer Miscuous is cool because you can build your own. Like, exactly. Six packs. Like yeah, they, individual they have like the it. biggest selection of single cans in the city, and like absolutely. And the and the single cans that they have, like a lot of them are cans that you typically could only get in four packs elsewhere. So it's like super mm-hmm. nice. Um, and so whenever I will I... say that it's like my biggest difficulty is like when you have to buy a four pack, it's like, Oh, what do I actually want to drink four of instead of like, I, and that's like the thing that you miss out a lot on and like going, as you mentioned, to like getting flights or going to a, like a brewery or somewhere like you can try multiple things. So like with quarantine, you have to be like, okay, well I could drink a four pack of this or like I'll have, yeah. I'll drink one and have like three and like drink one again later on and later on. Later yeah. On, or which I definitely dealt with for a while. Yeah. And like earlier in quarantine when Maplewood was were like releasing a ton of stuff that me and my friends. They released so uh, yeah. much yeah. early in quarantine. Yeah. It was crazy. So like then like I was splitting some four packs with some other friends and like we would yeah. all kind of like mm-hmm. coordinate pickup. So we would like kind of have an opportunity to when we weren't really getting together with anyone have the opportunity to kind of like socially distance stand catch up for like five minutes pick up our beer split yeah. it up and then yeah. go home. Um, yeah, we did that, I feel like, a decent bit where, like, we were picking up, or, like, we would see a release and be like, hey, do you want to split this? Because I don't want a whole, like, Mm four-pack or a whole six-pack, but, like, I want some of it. And we still do that a decent bit at this point, even though the places are open, like, we'll split. Yeah. I do want to ask you, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, do you have a favorite brewery in Chicago? So, okay, so this is... Um, so I, I can't say that I have a singular favorite, but top three, top three, Ooh, top three. Top three. So what well, can I do? Top four. You sure. can do top five. if you want. No, no, you no, no, no. I'll do top four want. because top, no, so here's, yeah. you are the here's, here's the reason. I'm just kind of interested in general. I used to always, I used to say top three all the time before was off color, Hopewell and Mars, but then Maplewood, like shot up there so maplewood is like those those are my four maplewood hope well off color and mars did maplewood pop up because of the shaky series um kind of so actually well i can briefly mention too so like the so i started a thing um at the end of 2018 called breweries with brandon (laughs) 
And so, oh, we participated. Yep. You did in participate. Some of them, we know. Yeah. Yep. So, well, for the podcast listeners, if you're using this part, um, but anyway, so like, <laughs> <laughs> again, something that like I always like going to breweries, and then someone was like, "Oh, why don't you just like do this series?" So then every month, like I try to schedule, obviously pre-COVID, um, like a couple of breweries within walking distance. Um, to mainly because I've been wanting to try all the different breweries in Chicago. So it gives me an opportunity to try them. And so honestly, before breweries with Brandon, I had never been to Maplewood. I honestly like had heard of it, but it, it wasn't super high on my radar. And then I went, um, I think the breweries that we went there was in March. Oh, it was in March of last year. Cause I remember it was M for like Metropolitan and Maplewood. Um, oh yeah. You can walk between the yeah. Two. yeah. And so, so went there and I, they did have a shaky at the time and, and they had some other stuff too. And then just like really loved it and then have been getting their stuff ever since. Um, we went there for my birthday in 2019. I think they had Mr. Shaky Pina Colada, maybe. Mm. No, I thought it was Pete because they had a Pina Colada cocktail. They had a Pina Colada clock cocktail that we were all just getting drunk on at that moment. <laughs> oh yeah, their cocktails. Their cocktail, there. Their frozen cocktails. I haven't tried one of their cocktails um, yet. Are there? I mean, obviously, like other cool places have opened since quarantine started. So I was gonna say, what have you gotten to? go in person or get takeout or do anything with like food, booze, whatever kind of places. I do want to interrupt that. You've gone, you both have gone to the new Orkanoi, right? Yes. But yeah. I haven't tried the yeah. beer. Do you guys want? I've only gotten oh, I went, the food and you've had the beer. I, oh, I've only had the beer. Do you guys want to talk about that real quickly? Because you've done, you both have done oh, like that's a good e- point. some of each. Steve and I got reservations at Orkanoi. They're in their new, you know, they're obviously their new space. Like, the first weekend. Yeah. And we loved it. We just, the two of us just had beer while we were there. It's, their beer is very different. I've looked up. It's got a very unique flavor profile to it that I've never experienced anywhere else. I'm excited. No, yeah, I was looking up, like, their different types of beer, and they sounded really good. And I definitely want to try them. Do you want to talk about the food? Sure. Did you just do like food, food and cocktails? Right? So, so I didn't know. So I've never, like, I never sat down there or anything. So I've been there twice. I actually was just there this weekend, <laughs> but like, I didn't, I, so, so I went there pre-opening weekend, like before they were even seating people. They were doing like soft openings. Yeah. They were doing these yeah. breakfast, oh, okay. they were doing these breakfast yep. bings, um, which is kind of like a, That's what it was. a crepe type breakfast wrap thing and um that was before they were even selling beer and i found out about it and so i checked it out the breakfast thing i had was delicious and i also just really love the space like it's a super cool like and sleek space super cute and i love their branding and like their their clothes and stuff i mean i don't usually get apparel but i'm like their apparel looks nice. Oh, that's the opposite of us. We only, I only I wear so like much shirts and I have so beer much apparel. beer apparel right yeah. now. It's ridiculous. I only like to work. I only ever wore like beer apparel or band shirts. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so I had the breakfast being <laughs> back to Orkanoi for a second, and then 
I saw that they were doing this apple cider that like sounded really like just looked really good, and so like non alcoholic apple cider. What? Like apple cider, apple cider, and like non alcoholic. So you have the option to add alcohol, but you don't have to. Is the alcohol like beer or is it like like liquor? No, it was liquor. liquor. It was liquor. So okay. I was in the air. I was like somewhat in the area picking up this like ramen pop up <laughs> of of course pop up um this weekend and so then i was like oh i'm gonna go over and like try this apple cider because it just looked really good and so i went and i wasn't gonna get the alcohol but then i can be easily convinced so then they <laughs> yeah, can... no, you and the same. rest of us yeah, yeah and so i forget exactly so they said it was the alcohol they added was like a rhine hall rhine hall is like a distillery brandy it's a um... Don't they have a spot down on Damon? They're in like the full. They're on like full. Oh, Damon you, I area. think you're right. I've never been though. Um, I've never been, but I've walked by it because I see the sign. Okay, yeah, but so they so, well, down by Goose Fulton. So they added some sort of Reinhold brandy, but then they also said they added I don't know what brand it was, but this pineapple amaro, and okay. wow, it was so good. It was so good. <laughs> so when we went, we were really tempted by the cocktails, but we ended up just sticking to their beer that they had That's on. That's, like, a thing I struggle with is, like, breweries that have cocktails, their cocktails sound fantastic. Like, Maplewood's cocktails always sound super good. Yeah. Um, and it's always a struggle for me because, like, I love beer, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, like, the, the struggle between, like, wanting to have a cocktail that is, like, curated almost by like their flavors and like i feel like cocktails can be very indicative of what they would do if they did food or like if they do do food what it's very indicative yeah um and it's always like a struggle to like decide like oh i want beer but like also this cocktail sounds fantastic uh have you ever had an oib cocktail i have not and they always sound fantastic older yeah yeah breweries with a full bar i didn't is dangerous because i just struggle to like not get a cocktail from them. I honestly need to check them out more because I've only been there once and it was for one of my breweries <sighs> with Brandon. And I really enjoyed it. I just don't get out there. I don't know. Um, so I think that... Um, about wraps it uh, up. Yeah, about wraps it up. Brandon, if you want to plug anything that you'd like to plug right before we end, uh, please do so. <laughs> um, and <laughs> stop laughing at me. <laughs> Sure. So, I mean, if you are interested in finding out about more cool spots in the city, please consider following my Instagram at 312foodadventures. Um, And then, I mean, otherwise I would just say try to support your local restaurants and breweries as much as you can right now because they're definitely struggling, especially in the winter. And also try to order from like directly from the restaurant as much as possible so i know a lot of restaurants um obviously you can get delivery through like caviar doordash or uber eats but um they i mean those companies take a portion of the profits so if you order like either by calling the restaurant i mean not everyone takes call-in orders but a lot do so if you can like just make your order over the phone or like some restaurants do have a specific um through their website a platform that's aside from those like caviar door dashes that you can order they'll get more of the money so 
encourage you to do it that way. I also will throw in with that some restaurants, if you go through their own webpage and click their Grubhub or Caviar or whatever link through their website, they get extra money because you didn't go straight through Caviar. You went through their website and they just utilize Caviar as the ordering service. Awesome. Thank you guys for pointing that out. Um, we will plug Brandon in our description and then on our Instagram and all of the other Everywhere. handles. Um, <laughs> thank you, Brandon, for joining. Yeah, thank have... you so much of for coming Of course. Thank yeah, you for having me. it's been super me. fun. And thank you for like all your insight into restaurants and like pop-ups and ghost kitchens and whatnot. And places um, to enjoy during quarantine. places to enjoy. Uh, we won't have final thoughts this episode, but uh, listen through for our social media handles, and you can find brand information through those. All right, that was the episode. So we love hearing from you, um, and if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is Drunk and Uncultured. And our Twitter is Drunk Uncultured. No and. And as always, I'm Lindsay, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stephen Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at shittyconcertblog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.